bushes. Ted Tilson and the Gatland brothers were sitting in between two lanterns, rolling dice on a smoothed-out cloth on the ground. Two bottles of whiskey were in easy reach of the gamblers. Goose's voice indicated that he had been drinking heavily. I don't like it. That didn't look like a seven to me. That was an eight. Wasn't it, Calvin? Ted Tilson raised his voice. I don't care whether you like it or not, Goose. Read them and weep. That old seven is coming again. A big seven is like heaven. Ted rolled the dice again. Yeah, a seven, just like I said. Take another look, goosey baby. It is a big seven. With that challenge, Ted raked in a pile of money to add to his already large pile. You done want all Clayton's money. Now you want all ours too, don't you? Well, you ain't gonna get it. Calvin spoke angrily as he rolled the dice. He cursed at the snake eyes that came up. Bud and Joe had seen enough. They crawled several feet back into the bushes and stood up to walk out in the woods that had just turned dark. Unable to see, Bud stumbled over an old syrup bucket left in the woods by a fisherman years ago. Hearing the noise, the ever-vigilant Goose grabbed his flashlight and raced toward the noise. The beam of the flashlight shined into the faces of Bud and Joe, who were standing still, hoping to be undetected. You stupid little idiots, Goose shouted as he plunged toward them. I'm gonna stomp your butts this time. Bud and Joe raced through the bushes, zigzagging, trying to lose Goose, who was in hot pursuit. Head for the Indian hideout, Bud hollered back to Joe, who was on his heels. They took the trail, heading toward the swimming hole. Goose was just behind them. Going some fifty yards down the trail, they veered off to the right where they played engines. They knew exactly where to go. They had hidden there many times, and no one could find them. It was a ditch in the middle of a clump of trees. Ferns and bushes hid the ditch from view. Dan accidentally stumbled on it one day. Seeing the outline of the clump of trees in the dark, they plunged among the trees and jumped into their secret ditch. Goose was some twenty yards behind them. They lay quietly in the ditch, watching the searching light flicker on the trees around them. Goose was mumbling and cursing as he stumbled around looking for them. After five minutes, which seemed like forever to the Tanner brothers, he returned to his whiskey and crap game. They waited another ten minutes after Goose left, then slid out of the ditch and quietly went back down the trail. When they passed near the clearing where the craps game was going on, they could hear the loud and drunken voices of Goose and Calvin. They broke out into a trot as they hurried home. Early the following morning, they were awakened by the voice of their dad talking to someone on the front porch. They recognized the voice of Horace McNeely. Horace was a sharecropper on the neighboring farm. He was talking in hushed but excited tones. Marvin, they found him in a ditch near the Sling Creek Bridge. He was stabbed in the back. Whoever did it just left him there. It's terrible, awful. Lord have mercy on us. Bud and Joe sat up in bed, fully awake. Marvin asked Horace, Do they know who did it? No, they don't. Whoever did it is a dirty, rotten. They'll hang. That boy suffered a lot over in the South Pacific.